I'm really just excited about what all God's doing, and we're pumped that you are here. So today is the next to last week of Roots. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Um, if you haven't, it's okay, you get over it. So um, <laughs> I've enjoyed preaching it, and uh, it's kind of just the doctrine of, of what we believe and going through all of it. And today's the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is an interesting topic because it's a topic that um, Baptists try to stay away from because they're nervous because they don't know how to handle the Holy Spirit, and Pentecostals go crazy and wave white flags um, and, and overdo the Holy Spirit sometimes. And so we want to kind of meet in the middle, and we want to uh, preach on the Holy Spirit and, and just see the doctrinal truth of, of his, what he does in our lives, the, just kind of a root system of, of who he is. And I'm going to tell you, um, Jesus, God the Father, and the Holy Spirit are a triunion, a trinity, and that's what we believe is they're three in one, they're God. But the Holy Spirit is here for us. Jesus said in his own words, I'm leaving someone better for you to live with you and in you. And so I had this thought the other day. I was vacuuming my house, which, by the way, <laughs> and they need to take a picture of that because that doesn't happen all the time. But anyway, I was vacuuming my house, and, and uh, I actually don't mind vacuuming. So Leah asked me to do it, and, I'm, and it was a mess because my son is just awful. I mean, He's, he, I think he's like 16 months now, and so if he sees something he can destroy, he goes out of his way and destroys it worse. And like, I, I patted the back of his chair, and it like, stuff went everywhere. Like, I was, how is that, there's this much crap in his chair? And so I had to vacuum it out, and I'm cleaning it up, and I had this thought, and I tweeted it, and none of, maybe some of y'all didn't even see it, and it goes to Facebook too, and I just, I thought this, that we are disgusted by a dirty house, at least I am. Um, I used to work for dad. And uh, it was the best four years of my life, and then my whole childhood, it was amazing. I'm joking about the best four years of my life, by the way. And so we would go in these houses. He owned a bunch of rental houses, and we would go in them. And people don't clean their house. I don't know if y'all have been in these houses. And if this is y'all, this is free. Clean your house, because that's gross, okay? Because if there's, like, roaches coming out of your cabinets, this, is, this has nothing to do with Jesus. I, I'm not coming in your house because it freaks me out big time. I still love you, though. But so I'd, I'd come in and I'd, we'd open the, these, these cabinets and like roaches, I'm not talking about three. If three roaches are in your house, we can put a trap out. Thousands of roaches and just like grease coming down the side of the, oh my gosh, they'd never cleaned. And I was like, whoa, how do these people live like this? And it's disgusting. And like my house was disgusting that day and it was at least 80% my fault. And then the other 20% was haste and the girls never get dirty. And I, I, I was disgusted. I was like, ugh. And then... On our beach retreat, uh, not this past week, but the week before, uh, I told the story, this story to a couple of the kids, but a kid that was staying, like sleeping directly across from me, Bob was there so he could say amen to this, kid that was sleeping directly across from me <laughs> didn't uh, take a shower all week until Thursday, and some of y'all might not think that's gross, but it's the same thing as not cleaning your house. You need to clean your body. Y'all know what I'm talking about. So anyway... Uh, he was starting to get nasty because it was later in the week, and I look in his sheets. I'm like, for real, we'll call this cat T because his name starts with T. T, you need to go in there and take a shower because you know you, your backside's starting to stink. So I, I get him to, to go in there, and I look in his sheets, and he has the entire beach in his bed, and he's laying in it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm so nervous right now because I'm not a clean freak. Like, I don't mind being dirty and stuff, but I want to get a shower because I want to clean up. And my man had been sleeping in it for four days, and it was, he had the entire beach in that bunk bed. It was tiny, and I was like, oh, that's so nasty. Like, I'm thinking this, and then this thought goes through my head. I'm grossed out by a gross house, but I'm not grossed out to make God's house that he, his Holy Spirit lives in, gross. 
Does that make sense? I'm cool with, I'm cool with letting this house be filthy on the inside and God's Holy Spirit lives inside of here if I'm a Christian. So let me just give you a little bit more background. Uh, back in the Old Testament times, and I love studying the Old Testament. It's so cool, especially the temple. I think the temple is fascinating. And the, here was the setup of the temple. You had like an outer court and then an inner court. I, like I'm looking at this rug, so I'm picturing what it looked like. And then on the inside, this, the very front was called the Holy of Holies. And it was, and it was separated by this massive curtain, not like our, our drapes with the pipe and drape here, but these massive thick curtains. And no one could come in there because... The Ark of the Covenant was in there, and if I, who was not the high priest, were to go in and touch the covenant, the Ark of the Covenant, if I was close to the Spirit of God, I would be killed immediately. Because I could not stand to be in the sight or the presence of God because he is so holy and so awesome. Now, I want y'all to catch this. Only the high priest, a couple times a year and sometimes once a year, would go into this thick, thick veil, curtain, and go in and be in the presence of God. And his purpose was to clean and to refresh himself and to make sure that the place was cleaned inside. And they tied a rope to his ankle and they put a huge bell on it. And when the bell stopped ringing, it meant that he was unclean before God and he had felt, fallen on his face and died because he could not stand to be in the presence of God because God is so holy and so awesome. Now, this is what's crazy. The moment that Jesus died on the cross in the, in the temple, that Solomon built where the Holy of Holies was, the veil tore in half, and it was not a small curtain. It was a very thick curtain. It tore in half, and the Spirit of the living God came out. And when Jesus said, I leave someone better, Jesus left his Spirit that was in that room for all of us. And the Holy Spirit, or the Holy Ghost, or whatever you want to call him, he, he lives inside of me the day that I trust Jesus Christ as Savior. And, but, but listen, but I'm not disgusted to be nasty. I'm okay with living my life like I want to as a hellion, doing whatever I want to do, living it up for me, but I'm a Christian. And I'm just going to tell y'all right now, to me, this is like the litmus test of knowing if you're saved or not is, is you're disgusted by the way that you're in the crud. Like if you're messed up, and we all are, because I'm the biggest screw up in here. And if y'all don't believe that, just hang out with me for five minutes and you'll find out. And I hate it. I don't want to be a screw-up, but I'll tell you the truth about the struggles that I have. But now here's what the Holy Spirit does do to me is he convicts me of my sin and he, he shows me what I am. And so I'm going to give you four things that he does this morning, but here's the whole deal. And this is what's kind of really been bothering me is that am I really okay with the sin that I have? I'm not talking about looking at everybody else's sin today. This is for me because the Holy Spirit lives in me when I trust him as Savior. I'm cool with that, but I'm, my house is nasty and it disgusts me. My car's gross, and I'm like, I can't stand this mess. But I just live like I want to live and do what I want to do and not worry about everybody else in my life, not trying to help people and love people and serve people and see people grow and unite together. I'm not worried about all those things. I'm not worried about thinking of others before myself because it's all about me. And I, I seriously have to ask myself, has the Holy Spirit truly entered my life by me trusting Christ as Savior? Like, that's the whole deal. So I want to give you four things this morning. Um, that is kind of the job of the Holy Spirit, if you will. Will y'all pray with me? God, this morning, through your Holy Spirit, I pray that you'll reveal yourself to us. Show us the four things that we've picked out and um, maybe reveal some more. And uh, I pray that lives change. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Uh, so I want to give you four roles of the Holy Spirit. Number one um, is he regenerates or he changes us. He changes us. The first deal... Um, 
the first deal of, of knowing if you're saved or not is like 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Um, I'm going to read Galatians 5, um, the latter part of the, of the chapter. But um, like, I've sat down with a lot of people and they're like, I, I really struggle to know if I'm saved. And like, to me, this is the deal. Is, has he changed you or regenerated you? Like, have you seen a change in your life? And I'm not ta- I'm the same Mark that I was. Did anyone see Facebook last night and see that embarrassing picture where the letters of the Duke hat was like this big and it was when Lee and I started dating 16 years ago? It's not funny, Beef. You can't. It's really, it hurts my feelings. But anyway, uh, I'm the same Mark. I just weigh 70 pounds more, right? I mean, that's, I don't know. That, that, that was hurtful. That was hurtful. But it's true. Thank you, Weezy. That, it's true, though. 70 pounds. But I'm still me. I'm still the same dude. So he doesn't change my personality. He changes the crud in my life. He makes me new. And when, when I get into the mess, he regenerates me. I, I can't stand it. I want to be different. And so that's the whole thing. That's what it's talking about. This is what Galatians 5 says. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of rage, rivalries, dissension, division, Envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. I'm going to stop right there. The, the next verse is very, uh, if, if you've been in church, you know the fruit of the Spirit verse in verse 22. But all those things, we've all done a lot of them. Um, I've never been involved in some of those things. And y'all are like, good, I can check that one off. I'm not screwed up. But we've all done some of them, right? The, the point is not, have you screwed up? The point is, is that where you're drawn to? Now, pay special attention to this. If when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I think of is how can I go get that stuff? I can't wait to screw up. There's probably a problem. Because the Holy Spirit's not living in me if the only thing I can think of is I've got to pursue my desire for sin. You will fall into sin this week, I promise you. And if you say that you won't, you've lied, you're welcome, you've already sinned. But if your desires are ripping at you and the only thing you can think of is how can I get to that next sin, maybe the Holy Spirit's never regenerated you in the first place and salvation is what you need. And for those of us that have been saved and we've fallen in and we get so frustrated with ourselves because we're like, I screw up this life all the time. I know right from wrong. It has to be a renewing of our minds like Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, every single day it has to take place in my life or I'm falling into my flesh every single day. It is a war that I am in that every day I have to go to. But listen, now here's the whole deal. There are fruit, and it's one singular. It's not a bunch of different fruits. It's fruit that are evident in my life if I have the Holy Spirit in me. And so if you want to know, is the Holy Spirit living inside of me? This is what it says in in verse 22 of Galatians chapter 5, is the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against such things, there is no law. And if I have those things in my life, they're evidence. Now, I want y'all to listen to this. I don't have all of those things naturally. I'm not patient at all. So if I show patience, someone's like, man, you're really patient. No, 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 no. Jesus, through his Holy Spirit, is patient. And thank God for that. Because when you cut me off and I'm driving down the road, I want to kick you. And I want to say really good things. And go pray with you, and it's awesome, and I'm cussing under my breath and going nuts because I want to punch somebody. I have a temper. I'm ready to roll. So when I show kindness and gentleness, that is not Mark. But I try to do it. Why? Because that is the spirit living inside of me that's coming out. It is the overflow of God's word and God's 
living in me. That's what's coming out. And so if I show his fruit, it is not something that I've done, and that's how I can brag on Jesus. Like, dude, you're a lot more patient than you used to be. It's not getting old, bro. I'm still going to be me. It's his patience and his gentleness and his kindness in me. That's how it takes place. And if you're none of these things, because some people have natural niceness in them, but they don't have some of the other things. But if you don't show these fruit, then it's really because you don't give the Holy Spirit control of your life and you just let your flesh and yourself just control you over and over. And so the first thing I want y'all to think of, he changes us and regenerates us. Have you really been changed? Have you really been changed? I'm not saying do you screw up because you do. I do. But have you really been changed where you want to show loving kindness to other people that only can happen through his grace and his spirit? That's the first thing we have to think. Is that, is that an evidence of my life? Do I have the fruit that is in my life? Because here's what happens. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. And so when I start living for Christ, I can't start taking the credit for it because I have to realize that I'm a piece of crap, just being honest. And at the end of the day, if I think I'm doing good, I'm going to fall back into the junk that I was in in the first place. So the first thing that we have to ask ourselves, do I have the Holy Spirit in me? Am I changed, regenerated? Do I look different? Am I set free? Right? Number two, he gives us gifts to use for his glory. Every single person in here, look at me. Look at me right here. All of you, all of you, this isn't a feel-good message. This is the truth. This is from Scripture. All of you are very gifted. And a lot of you aren't gifted like I am, thank God, because we'd have a bunch of people that would never shut up and big lips and it'd be crazy. So I don't know if that's a gift, by the way, but anyway, we'd just have a bunch of people that would babble, right? We have all kinds of different gifts, and they're all used for God. But now here's the deal. A lot of us don't use our gifts for God. We either use them for selfishness or we just put them in a closet and never, never bring them out because we're nervous to use them. Every one of you have great gifts that the Holy Spirit gave you the day that you were saved, and they were already in there, but he... He brings them out. And this is what scripture says. This is what he says. In 1 Corinthians 12, 4, now, there are a variety of gifts, but of the same spirit. The same spirit. Well, there's no one that has a patent on the Holy Spirit. We all have the ability to have these gifts come out. And later on in that chapter, verse 11, it says, all of these are empowered by one and the same spirit, who's apportioned to each one, each one of you guys individually as he wills. And so he's given all of us the ability to do great things for God. But now listen, this is what happens to me is I look at um, like a preacher that is on TV or something and he's really good at, at preaching and I'll look and say, man, I wish I was as good as him. And that is called sin because it is me being jealous of what someone else has in their giftedness. I am not like anyone else on this planet. I am unique. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, and a lot of me is crap. It's crazy. But in my giftedness, I need to embrace what God has given me through his Holy Spirit and go with it. Because, listen, you're not ever going to be something you're not, and when you try, you're miserable. God did not make a mistake when he made you, and he wants to use you in a mighty, awesome way. And, listen, the minute that you figure out, this is what God put me on the planet to do. And you embrace that and you start doing it. And for some of y'all, it's just loving people. It's serving people out of your way. It's being that person behind the scenes. And simple stuff like serving in the parking lot and those kind of things, if that's what you feel like God told you to do and how you should serve, when you do that, the body becomes the body. Not everyone should stand up here 
And not everyone can be out there. And not everyone can be with the babies. But when we all as a body do this, we reach our community for Christ. Every single person was apportioned gifts by the Spirit as He wills. And not one of you were left out. Not one person. Every single person in here, God's going to use in a mighty way. But listen, it's only when we let Him. It's only when we let Him. Only when I allow God to have control of my life will He use me. I can't force my way in and kick myself through the door and say, I'm going to do this thing. It's when I give up and surrender and say, Holy Spirit, you got me. That's when it takes place. Number three. This is the one I'm going to sit on for just a minute and tell you a story. Um, he helps us understand scripture and our prayer lives. And I'm just going to add to that, um, he comforts us. He comforts us. Like that's his, that's his role as a comforter. He gives us understanding and wisdom and he also comforts us. Um, last week in my message um, on eternal security, I kind of told you all some stuff that had happened when I was preaching at the beach retreat. I got a call. And my father-in-law had had a heart attack on Tuesday. Um, I was right about to preach. And here's just something cool about God. This, I promise this isn't bragging on me. I hope y'all don't misunderstand this. I found that out on, at like um, 6.05, and I was supposed to preach at 7.30 and go eat in the meantime. And so, like, I'm torn up, and I don't, what are we going to do and all this stuff, and I'm by myself. And so I'm preaching with a heavy heart, and um, 14 people stood up and, and acknowledged Jesus, said that they wanted Jesus there. And we baptized six last week, and it was amazing. But it, was, it happened that night when we were heavy, heavy laden, just felt really burdened. And so I just think that's cool when you know it's not you and when you feel yourself being lifted up by his spirit. Not overdoing it, but just really, truly, that's what happened that night. And so it was an awesome experience for myself and Bob and Stanford from this church and their 40-something from the other church. And so anyway, um, that was taking place not this past week, but the week before. And it was like a whirlwind. And then my mother-in-law's sister, who's here this morning, uh, Phyllis is here. Um, she she's had a lot of uh, health issues. She's 59, I think, and um, she's had a brain tumor and a stroke, and her, and that's really young to have those two things. And then in the last uh, month or so, she's just really gone through a whirlwind. It's been awful. Um, hasn't been able to use her legs basically at all. She can't walk. Um, she has to wear a diaper as an adult. It's just really difficult. And so, um, and Phyllis is kind of like the caretaker for everybody. She takes care of her mom, and um, her sister, she, she just kind of keep, keeps the family. Um, she's the strong one, you know. And um, so not this past Friday, but the Friday before, she started hearing like a, a, a weird ringing in her ear or whatever. And it kind of sounded like a tunnel. And um, last uh, Tuesday, I think it was, she went to the doctor. And then on, um, and I might get the days wrong, but because they're all kind of coming together. But on Thursday, she, they put a shot in her ear, said she had a rare virus in her right ear, and um, there's a 90% chance she's not going to have hearing at all in her right ear anymore, and total hearing loss in her right ear, and then um, she had a real bad bout with vertigo, had to go to the hospital on Friday, and it put her on her back, and I mean, it's just horrible. Her equilibrium's off like crazy, and so in a, in a couple-week period, their lives, have, and it affects me because they're my family, and I love them, and um, tears Leah up so I can't stand that either but for their lives it's obviously different because it's directly affecting them and um, just really difficult couple weeks some of y'all have been through worse stuff than that um, you've had a loved one pass or um, you know even more difficult than that but when I was sitting over there this morning I thought man it's, it's easy to sit here 
and like um, raise our hands, and I love it. I love those songs we sang this morning. It was a great like combination of songs, and um, I, like I feel good, you know. And I don't know if it's this room, or like the the black pipe and drape, or like the lights, but it just feels warm. And but man, when you walk out there, it's not always like that, is it? Like it's tough, and it's life, and you have to deal with the difficulties that are we really deal with every day, and. Like, sometimes it's not just one thing, but it's three things, and it piles on. And you don't just get one bit of bad news, you get three things of bad news. And life is not always easy. And so for the pastors that stand up and say, if you're a Christian, it's going to be healthy and wealthy, and you're going to be wise, and everything's going to be good, that is a lie. And that's from Satan. Because I'm just being honest with you, sometimes it sucks. Sometimes it's really, like that whole myth, God will never let you handle anything more than you, God will never put on you more than you can handle, I, that's more, right? I mean, that's, that's not true. That's more than we can handle. We're past that point. And now we need the Holy Spirit. Like our only hope that we have is the Holy Spirit to help because, you know, I went over there, I think it was Wednesday night, but I, like I said, my days are getting mixed up. Before she had her shot and I prayed and I feel helpless sometimes when I'm doing that because I really believe that God performs miracles still. Like with every ounce of my being, I know he's still the miracle performer, and I know he can do it right now. I believe that he can do it. We prayed circles around it like our May sermon series was, and I believe with all my heart that tomorrow her ear could, could be healed completely and that she could have 100% hearing in her right ear. And I also know that difficult times come our way, and it's nothing like what Paul faced. And he never turned his back on Jesus. And it's just hard sometimes, you know? It's just hard. This is what John 14, 25, and 26 says. These things I've spoken to you while I'm still with you, but the helper, another translation says the comforter, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all these things and bring you to remembrance of all that I have said to you. And then 1 Corinthians 2, 12 and 13 says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but a spirit who is from God, that we might understand the, thing, the things freely God, excuse me, given to us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spirit truths to those who are spiritual. The reason that I hammer y'all all the time, um, nicely, hopefully, about reading your Bible and praying and like I've heard a couple people say, man, I'm, I've read this thing so much, I know it. Listen, you don't. If you've read it through 20 times, you can still find something new because it's his spirit that comes alive when I read his word. So every day this week, I have enjoyed getting up early and spending intimate time with Jesus because when I need comfort, a phone call or a card is really kind. A hug, it helps a lot. And I'm a hugger. Like, I don't mind, hug, I'll hug a man tight, so I'm going to show man love. I don't have any problem with that. If y'all have a problem with that, y'all just, y'all need some help. There ain't nothing wrong with that. But there's some things that I can't get help from y'all like I can get help from Scripture or from praying. Because he's the helper. He's the comforter that Jesus left and said, hey, I'm going to leave one better than me. And then the worst of times, like, there was a couple other things that I'm not going to share with y'all because it's private. Um. And it has to do with the church, and um, so I don't I don't want to share it because it's not about not private about me. Um, 
And it just like, it's just like piled on this week. And I was just like, I was cutting my grass this week and I just prayed, God, <laughs> I can't do this, right? I mean, I, I really need your help. I need, I need the helper, the one that lives right here. I, I, I really have to have your help because if I carry this yoke, this burden, and I do it all on my own, I'm going to go crazy. And um, I'm really struggling. And I want to be strong for Leah. And I want to be strong for my in-laws. And I want to be strong for the, the church. And I want to show everybody that I'm strong. But if I'm strong, then I'm going to fall. But if I'm weak, then you're strong. So why don't we try that? And I had like a peace. And like you hear this, and I say this, by the way, this is what happens in salvation is there's a peace that passes all understanding, and that is from Scripture. That is straight from Scripture. But I'm going to tell you, when you're in it, when you're in it, when you're sitting inside of the peace that only comes from God, this is sweet. It, it, is, it, is, it, is, it is sweet. And there's some of you guys here this morning, can I just be honest with you? You've never experienced that, and you need it. I don't promise it's going to be easy street. But I do promise that there's a sweet spirit inside of that that you just cannot explain until you taste and see how good the Lord is when he is so near to you when you're hurting. Some of you guys have been hurting for months, maybe even years, through stuff that you've been trying to battle with. Can I just beg you this morning to stop trying to battle it on your own and allow his spirit to come inside of you and dwell? Because this is what happens, and in the worst situations... And the things that I'm so overwhelmed with, I cannot deal with these things anymore. He gives us the fourth thing, and that's the spirit of boldness. He makes me bold. In the areas that I cannot be bold, he makes me bold. He makes me get ready to get strong and get up. When I can't get up anymore and I feel like laying in bed, when I'm so frustrated, when I just want to cry and put my face in the pillow and say, I can't deal with this anymore, that's what he does for us. And that's why he's better. That's why Jesus said he's better, because if Jesus was walking with us, because if y'all are like me, this is what I've said. I just wish I had been like the disciples and I could have walked with Jesus. Do you know how much better I have it than they do? Because if Jesus wasn't standing right beside me, I didn't have God's presence with me. But today I always have the ability to have God's presence. And every morning I get to step in that room that was death if I had done it in the Old Testament and go into the inner sanctuary, the Holy of Holies, and spend intimate time with him. And it is so sweet. And that's why I begged God for a bunch of you this week when I spent time with him. I begged God to do something amazing in your lives and to do something amazing in our church and in our community. Not so we're made famous, but so he's made famous. And that's why I want to be bold and I'm not afraid to tell the truth. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it's the power that is within me. Like Romans 1.16 says, I'm not ashamed, but it is not that I'm just bold. It is I'm bold because I have his spirit in me. It is I'm bold because I've spent intimate time seven straight days this past week with Jesus. A lot of time with him because I'm not as good of a man. Matter of fact, I'm a, I'm a train wreck. If I'm not with Jesus, it doesn't make it easy, by the way, because life was difficult this week, but it sure does make it sweet. So if I want to be bold, this is what happens. And this is his spirit. Check this out. I love this verse. If you haven't highlighted or underlined any verses and you're going through a difficult times and you need boldness at your place of work or, 
or in your marriage or whatever you're dealing with, if you need boldness that comes only through his spirit, this is what you should write, 2 Timothy 1, 7 down. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. God didn't give me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. That's the way I learned it in the King James when I was a little kid. A sound mind, self-control, clear head. When I'm in his spirit, I don't have a spirit of fear and timidity. I have a clear head. I have self-control, one of the fruits of the spirit. I'm always even keel and sound mind. I'm, I'm right where I should be with God, and that's how I know. And the way that I can stand up and say, there's certain things that you've got to stop if you want to live for him. Or be bold enough to go up to someone and love on them, lovingly tell them, you've got to get right. You've got to stop living like this. Even if they hate your guts, that boldness comes from God because it's a sweet boldness. It's a kind boldness. Now, this is what I want to ask you in closing today. Pretty heavy. Um, not a lot of people preach on the Holy Spirit because you don't see him. He never walked on the earth, he, it's, it's, but he's here right now. The Holy Spirit is not patented by any one man. They don't have claim on him. No church has claim on the Holy Spirit. Each one of us can greatly be used by God, but it only happens when his spirit dwells and reigns inside of each one of us. And so the question that I have for all of you, and honestly for me, is... Um, have I fully given myself over to his spirit and in his will? Like, am I 100% on board with where he'd have me be? And the way that that happens, and some of y'all have heard this over and over, and some of y'all may have heard hear this for the first time today, but this is how it happens. Faith is the picture of what you did when you sat down in your chair when you sat down this morning. No one looked and went, oh my gosh, these padded nice chairs, I hope it'll hold me. Right? You just sat down. You trusted that it would hold you. And that's faith. You didn't have to think about it. You just said, I'm going to rest in the comfort of this chair. That's what you do in Jesus. You rest in the comfort of Jesus. You say, I will let you hold me up because you can. I don't have to think about it. I'm yours. You're mine. And you place all your hope and trust in him because you know he died for you and he wants to forgive you of your sins and you want the living God, his spirit to live inside of you. So if you're chasing sin, you have no conviction of sin. There's no boldness in your life that comes by telling other people and showing love to people. If he hasn't changed you and regenerated you, if there's not a peace and a comfort in the worst of times, maybe your problem is not a new job that you need or more money or a better wife or a better husband, a better church. Maybe it's just you simply need Jesus and his Holy Spirit to come inside of you. Because I'm telling you this week, if someone would have given me 10 grand, like I'd have taken it. That would have been great, but I promise it wouldn't have made me have as much peace as the Holy Spirit did this week. I promise. I promise. And that's only going to happen when you stand up and say, you know what? I need this more than anything else. I don't care what anybody else thinks. I'm bold enough to stand up in front of God and everybody and say, I need Jesus to come in my life and change me. So I just want to give you a chance this morning to say yes to him. 
trust him as Savior. The last three weeks, we've had eight people get saved. That's so stinking awesome. I just wonder if you'll join them if you're lost. There's people that every single week I have watched some of you, and you've battled it, and you let pride keep you in your seat. I just wonder if you'll be the one person that will stand up and be bold enough to say, I want to be, say yes to Jesus today. Will you bow your head with me? do it a little bit different this morning. I'm not going to ask you if you know that you're saved. I just want you to keep your head bowed. And if you don't know if you know Jesus, before I ask you to do anything, I just want you to look right here. I can see you. If you'll look at me, I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want you to look right here in my eyes. Look right here. If you don't know for sure, thank you. If you don't know for sure, I see a couple people. If you don't know for sure that you know Jesus, this is what I'm going to ask. What's worth not having the peace and the comfort? What is worth hell? Because it's eternal separation from God for all of eternity if we don't trust Jesus. This is what we're offering you this morning. It's like in the Matrix, Morpheus stood with a red pill and a blue pill, and he said, I'm just offering you the truth. It's your decision to take the pill. We want to offer you the truth and let you decide if you want to take it. So this morning, we want to give you the truth that is the Holy Spirit that comes inside of you and saves you for all of eternity. Will you accept it? I'm asking that I see three people looking at me right now. No one's going to look. We're going to celebrate like crazy if you want to do this. Do any of y'all want to stand up and say, you know what, I want to get saved right here, right now. If you do, I just want you to stand up. No one's looking. I just want you to stand up right where you are. I'm going to ask you to go back and talk to one of our volunteers if that's what you want to do. So if that's you, I'm going to count to three. I want you to hop right up. On the count of three. Ready? There's going to be a couple people. I'm excited. One, two, three. Hop up. Come on. If that's you, I want you to stand up. Thank you. Who else? Who wants to do that? Anybody else? That's me today. That's what I want to do. That's me. All right, go ahead. Will y'all just head on back? Jenny's going to be back there waiting on you. If y'all will walk in the back, there's a couple of you that can go back today. Here's for uh, everybody else. Y'all can look up at me. Um, and obviously, if you want to get up at any time, I don't think like God saves you if you do stand up or doesn't. If you don't, I think it's all a heart thing. But for everybody else, like this is what you honestly have to ask yourself because this is what's been burdening me this week is I'm so worried about my house being dirty, but I'm not worried about God's house being a mess. Um, do I pursue the passions of sin like Galatians 5, 19 through 21 says more than I show his Holy Spirit better translated when people see your life what do they see the spirit of the world that follows Satan or the Holy Spirit that is from God because the kingdom that I make most famous is the kingdom that I'm following and so everyone can tell which one you follow and so as we close today I just want you to just to consider which kingdom am I following which one am I making famous uh, before um, the band comes and closes out I want everybody to stand up with us and um, we're gonna let them do one song to close out but I want to tell y'all um, one quick thing uh, Mickey Carroll 
our worship pastor has taken a full-time, tell me the position because I'm going to mess it up. It's worship, creative arts. Yeah. It's a big like it's a big church in Gainesville, Georgia. Mickey still lives in, in uh, just outside of Gainesville. He lives in Clarksville, right? Or one of those. Haversham County, Georgia. And uh, so it's a long drive for us. But he was a godsend for our church about a year and a half ago. Um, our worship was kind of spinning wheels, and uh, he came, and man, we've really gotten better, and we're grateful for Mickey. He's done an amazing job. Um, we've built this band, and these guys are awesome. There's great worship this morning, and it's a testimony to, um, to Mickey's leadership and, and everything that God's done in our churches, in, in the church life in the last calendar year. So we're excited for Mickey. That's where his family lives, and that's where he's from, and he's, it's a great job that he's gotten. And so this morning, as you leave, I want you to have an opportunity to say thank you to Mickey. And um, if y'all, I'd love for y'all to uh, just show your appreciation right now for all he's done for us. We're, we're excited about what God's going to do in our church. Um, I think he set us up amazingly well for the next year, and we're pumped for Mickey. And it's like I talked to the pastor, um, the worship pastor of the church this week, and it's a 3,500-person church, so it's a great big church. And I said, the thing that I'm excited about is I think it's good for us at this point. And I think it's awesome for Mickey and his family because they live in Georgia. And the biggest thing is I think it's good for the kingdom. And I said, if it's good for the kingdom, I'm pumped about it. We, I love Mickey. He's a friend of mine beyond just working together. And so I hate to lose him in that regard, but I think it's good for everybody because I think it's going to really be good for the kingdom. And so I just want you all to know we're pumped for Mickey and his family. We're going to miss Melissa and his kids are crazy and they're awesome and we're going to miss them. And, um, but I just want you all to know we're pumped up for him and I want you all to hug his neck and tell him how excited you are for him. And can't wait to see what God does in our church over the next few months and years. So as we close in worship, you all just come up and give Mickey a hug or whatever you all want to do. And, and we'll close in worship one last time with Mickey. So.